0: Time now for the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. And now, here she is, the smart, the sexy, the
1: savvy, Divine Miss C. And welcome to the show. Now, today we're going to talk about a cause that's very near and dear to my heart, the Mid-Atlantic Great Dane Rescue League. Most of what we're going to be talking about also applies to dog rescue in general. But in in this case, the dogs are giant dogs. Um, Before you purchase or adopt a dog, please listen to the show. A pet's a lifetime commitment, and you're responsible for that pet. Now, a little bit of trivia here. Scooby-Doo, Marmaduke, Astro, and Goofy are all great Danes. A lot of people didn't know that. So I have with me today Angel Booth. Now, she's a public relations volunteer, and she's the social media coordinator for the rescue. I want to welcome you to the show, Angel. Hi. Thank you very much. Yep. Now, you were on a while back with me. How did you become involved with Mid-Atlantic Great Dane Rescue League?
2: Well, um, after my first Dane passed away, I waited a few months and you know kind of got over that. And then I wanted to be involved with Danes in some way, but I wasn't quite ready to um, get another Dane yet. So I just went online and looked up Great Danes, and I found Mid-Atlantic Great Dane Rescue online. And, you know, I was looking at the website, and I, you know, saw the part where you could volunteer. And I decided to contact them, and um, that's where it all started.
1: Now, my story is very similar. I kind of got sucked in by looking online. And I ended up doing a, um, a actually a transport. It was the first thing I did with a Great Dane, and I loved that Great Dane. Of course, the problem with doing anything with Great Danes is if you love big dogs, you want all of them. I think. Um, so Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so same kind, same kind of situation. Once you get in, you can't get out. Uh, what, what states does Mid Atlanta Great Dane cover?
2: Um, we're due Eastern New York, New Jersey, uh, South Central and Eastern Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, including Washington, D.C., Virginia, and West Virginia.
1: Okay, a lot of states. Now, tell me about you. How many how many dogs or how many pets do you have?
2: Well, I only have two dogs um, and one cat, and uh, one of my dogs is a Great Dane. She's four years old, uh, female, and then I have a 14-year-old girlfriend that's female also.
1: Okay, um, what do you do as a public relations person for the rescue? Uh,
2: well, I um, I take care of the Facebook page and the Instagram account and the Twitter page. And um, I also send out press releases for our events. Um, you know, I, I have an online um, service that I use that I create and distribute my press releases, and um, I send them out to newspapers, radio, and television television stations to get the word out about, you know, our events.
1: Right. Now, recently, I saw you were on, uh, or your dog was on um, a TV show, correct?
2: Yes, she was. Yes, uh, she was, and two of um, her great-being friends, which are also Maddual Ambassadors, Um and, um, yeah, we got, we got on the TV,
1: and it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the fun part, I think. Uh, you know, social media coordinator, I, you know, I, I obviously we kind of volunteer together. But you do a tremendous amount. Um, many, many years ago when I started volunteering, we didn't have social media back then, really. Everything was done via email or Yahoo groups. Um, but you really pulled it together in the past few years with social media. And, and I think a lot of groups are starting to do that now. Um, You have them linked, I think, together, correct? So when you do postings, it goes from, um, you know, the Facebook page to, say, to Twitter or to Instagram. Um, So you've kind of figured out, I guess, the ins and outs of how to make it effective. One of the things I like that you do is that when you post something about a dog, you've got it nicely framed. You know, you've got the whole story pretty much about that, that dog, Right.
2: Yes, I have a a special app that I use, and um, it allows me to um, create a unique, you know, like border, and I can apply their name to it, and it just, it makes it visually attractive to anyone that's looking at um, the social media sites, and that helps, I think, a lot, because when we don't have photos, um, we, people tend to not really pay attention to the post as much, so the eye-catching photo is a key be
1: part of that right one of the things i do on the facebook page is i look into the insights to see like what the click-through rate is and and it's a very high percentage on those where you do have the photo so if you have a facebook page as, as a rescue i think that insight page is important because it's kind of giving you the statistics so to speak and so i noticed that when you do a posting of a dog there might be twenty thousand people that are seeing that photo of that dog and i think You know, with the advent of you doing the social media, it's brought a tremendous amount of, um, you know, prospective adopters and fosters to be able to, you know, see what's out there. Now, I want to talk a little bit about how dogs, in this case, how Great Danes come into rescue. So, a little bit of um, research here in a recent study conducted by the National Council on Pet Population Study and Policy. And it was published in the July issue of the Journal of Applied Animal Welfare Science. Researchers went to 12 selected animal shelters in the United States to find out, you know, why. Why did they come into rescue? So let's talk about some of those. Um, Moving, how often do you hear that?
2: Oh, we hear that all the time, yes. Um, You know, just moving in general, where we also have um, people that are in the military and they get relocated and they can't take the dog with them because they have to go overseas. But, yeah, that's a very common uh, scenario.
1: It is. With Great Danes, it's harder. Um, One of the things that I often see on not my favorite website called Craigslist Pets where people post, um, you know, moving and can't take the dog with me. And I sit here and think, then why did you get a dog? You know, sure, there are some emergency-type circumstances, but I think a lot of people don't do their due diligence – if you are adopting a pet, it should be for life, right? You, those are things you should think about.
2: Yes, it, yeah, and unfortunately, people don't think ahead, and yeah, they don't think about that. They just think about, oh, I want this puppy right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: the impulse, <laughs> you know? yeah, the impulse purchase, and and one of the nice things about um, volunteering with a rescue is, you know, our group is set up um, almost like a corporation. It's a nonprofit corporation, so. There's a process, and we're going to talk about that in a bit when it comes to adoptions. Um, but as far as people relinquishing dogs, uh, situations like the landlord not allowing pet, is that something that when when you check people out, do you find out, does the landlord allow a pet? Because this is a big pet.
2: Oh, yes, yes. They have to, um, if they don't own their house and they rent, they have to submit a letter along with their application to um, you know, without the landlord has to state that they're allowed to have um, a dog that's over 100 pounds, and also the Great Dane breed, because the Great Dane breed is actually becoming more common on the list um, of dogs that are not allowed at certain places. You know that people live. Like so, right. um, yes, we have to have proof that the landlord says that they're allowed to have that dog.
1: Gotcha. All right, what about too many animals in the household? I don't think there could ever be too many animals in the household. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that happens, too. Um, and, and a lot of times it's because um, the, the size of the dog, they don't realize how big the dog gets. Um, or sometimes it's also because, you know, there's dogs in the house that don't get along together um, or they don't have time to take care of uh, that amount of dogs.
1: Okay, what about the cost of pet maintenance in regards to Great Danes?
2: Yes, this is one of the, I think this is a very um, important part of why people uh, relinquish their Danes to us, because they don't understand the cost of a Great Dane. Uh, The size of a Great Dane, everything costs more. So, and, and also they do have additional health problems that, other dogs don't have, um, and some people don't realize that. They don't do the research beforehand, and, um, you know, their, their food's going to cost more. Their medications are going to cost more. When when they go to the vet, um, everything just costs more in general, because of their size.
1: Right. Now, I don't know if you feed, I think you feed raw. I, I feed my dog, my great dame raw. And so I remember a while back we, we actually, you and I, did some you know, a survey with people on our Facebook page, and, and the dollar amounts varied widely because you've got some people that feed the cheap food, and then you've got the people that feed the very expensive food. So it gives you an average, but there's really no such thing, I think, as an average. But when it comes to, um, like my dog has a very sensitive stomach, and so... You know, my vet recommended go to the raw food diet. And you, can, you don't have to make the raw food diet yourself. You can buy the prepackaged raw food diet that's healthy. But what I found is it's, it is very expensive. I do it because my dog just is sick without being on the right kind of food. But it can probably, I'm going to tell you, probably cost me $300 a month. For a yes, raw food, yes, right, and then you know you'll have people that are maybe feeding the food from Walmart, which is probably not that healthy. Um, and those are things you have to look out for. It's just like people: if you eat the right kind of food, then you're going to tend to be healthier. But if you <laughs> if you're like how I used to be and you ate all the sugar, you're not going to be so healthy, right?
2: That's true. Yes, um, and uh, my my Great Dane was very sick on. Um, kibble and then when i changed her to well now she's fantastic
1: so it definitely yeah makes a big difference um what about people turning in their dogs to personal problems like divorce
2: yeah we have that um you know because a lot of times neither uh person wants to take the dog um so yeah that's another very common um reason why you know we receive the dog um and um, some other reasons are, you know, the dog, they never took the time to train the dog, and then they wonder why the dog doesn't behave. Right. And uh, then they feel like they can't fix the problem, like they feel like it's too late, and it's not, it's not too late, but they just kind of give up and, you know, they don't want to deal with it. So, um, and then other people are too busy, you know, they they get the dog, but then they realize, you know, they're working all the time. and. They don't realize the time it takes because a Great Dane and all dogs are like this too. They need their people, but Great Danes are especially needy of their people, and they don't like to be left alone for long periods of time. And when it when they are left alone, they can have destructive behaviors. You know, unfavorable things that they do, yes. like chewing up cow screws. Yes, things <laughs> like that. Um, um, and some other things are some people fear when they're having a baby that you know, they don't want this giant dog around their new baby. I don't know what the reason is for that, but you know, I guess they feel like they're not going to have time or they're afraid to have the, the dog around the baby. Right,
1: because it's, so, um, it's so large. I mean, I know one of the things I've read that you can do is if if you're going to have a baby and you have, have a dog, um, is get the, get the dog familiar with maybe the baby's clothing before you come home from the hospital so they can kind of smell, you know, the baby before you bring it home. <coughs>
2: yes, yeah, that's, that's definitely a very good idea because dogs. you know how dogs go off of smell. <laughs> yeah. So um, they're all about smelling all the time.
1: Now there's lots um, of reasons. I mean people people turn them in. Um, you know sometimes even we've had people turn in dogs when they're sick or when they're pregnant or they didn't even know the dog was pregnant. Oh yeah. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now um, go ahead. Oh, yes. Um, Yes, if they're sick, a lot of times they can't take care of them financially. So the financial reason is, you know, a big thing here.
1: Right, well, expensive, right. The larger the dog, you were saying, the more expensive it is. Yeah. Now, what what does Magdrel do, you know, if someone has a dog that maybe has a bite history, can that dog be taken into the rescue or, or generally not?
2: Oh, absolutely not. We don't take any dog with any bite history whatsoever because it's just a liability and we don't want anybody getting hurt. So we don't take any dogs with a bite history at all. Like whether they, if they bit another dog or a person or anything like that, we don't take dogs that have a bite history.
1: Now, you know, you mentioned earlier about Great Danes being big. Being a volunteer for a long time, I think, you know, we hear that a lot. The dog grew too big. And so I say to myself, this is a Great Dane, and it is going to grow big. Great Danes, I'm going to say, run generally between 100 to 200 pounds. I think the average female is about 130, and the average male is about 160. They can be smaller, or they can be larger. You are going to have a very, very large dog. And you were mentioning about training. Now, talk about training a little bit more with big dogs.
2: Uh, well it's just, in my opinion the best thing to do is take them to a training facility um, you know or, or, or at least a private trainer but what what I found is that taking them to a training facility lets that dog interact and be around other dogs at the same time and it just seems like the best way to go to me um, if you have a trainer come to your house you know that that can work but a dog needs to learn how to behave when it's around other dogs too, you know, and um, because that's that's a lot of problem with you know dogs and, and especially Great Danes. They seem to have they're reactive to other dogs when when they're out and about. So um, my Great Dane improved dramatically once I took her to a training facility, and she she had to focus on me and learn to. You know, be obedient to me in the presence of other dogs and other people around. So I'm I'm for, you know, the training facility type places. Um, and, I mean, they, they definitely need to be trained because they, you know, they're so large that you don't want them jumping on your company. Um, you know, they have to be trained not to get things off the counter, which we call counter surfing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, or ref- uh, the top of the refrigerator surfing.
2: <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, they can, they can reach very high things. Um, and, you know, things like, okay, just say you're going to go out the door and, you know, your dane tries to run out at the same time as you and then they run into you and make you fall down. <laughs> you know, you can't have that. My dane is trained to sit and wait for me before I go out the door. And she does not come out until I say okay. And, so you know, that's yeah. a plus.
1: Yeah, you've got um, a really, really well-trained. Uh, you, uh, I'm thinking of when I had my very first great day in Duke, and this is several years ago. And I remember at one point leaving him in the house, not in his crate, I'm going to say maybe for 20 minutes. You know, kind of like a test trial to see how would he behave. And so when i when I got back to the house, he had opened up the pantries, not just the lower ones but the higher ones, and dragged out every bit of food that was in that pantry he all the food, the paper plates, plastic cups all the way through the house out the doggy door, and he had opened up a can of peanut butter and like stuck his nose in it to eat it you know and yeah yeah but nowadays you know you have to be careful because certain people foods are are dangerous for dogs as well and so i think that's a key thing but your dog sounds very very well trained and i think with any dog training like you said is very important um uh, you know let's talk a little bit actually let's talk about did you crate train your dogs
2: yes i did i crate trained my great and um she hasn't been closed in her crate for Probably two years now. Um, the first two years, I had to crate her when I was gone because she might get into things. And once, once Great dames get to be two, sometimes three, it depends on the dog. They they calm down and they you know they they become more well trained. They don't get into things anymore, and you can usually leave them free room in the house, and they're fine. And that's what most people experience. Um, she loves the crate though. Still, um, it's still here in my living room. And the door is always open, and she sleeps in there every single day. She goes in there. She, you know, She's sleeping on the couch right now, but <laughs> she, uh, she trades places she wants to lay. She, there's a twin bed in here, too, and she there's three different places she can lay if she wants to. So she kind of switches. But uh, the gray training, in my opinion, is very important, um, especially for puppies. Because um, when you have a great thing puppy, they get into everything, and they... Tend to swallow things, and that can be very dangerous. They can get obstructions, you know, and tummy upset, and all that stuff. So, um, and some people don't agree with it, but you know, you have if you have to go to work and you know or leave the house for any reason, you need to you know keep your great dane safe. Plus, you need to keep your house safe <laughs> so yeah. that don't, things don't get destroyed. So. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm. I'm going to you know, agree with you.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Now, my my dog right now, he just turned three. He's actually in his crate. It is closed. I mean, I, I have a pet sitter that will come and check. He's not left alone for any extended amount of time because with a very large dog that barely fits in the very extra large crate, you really it's not fair to the animal to have an animal that you're going to leave all day in a crate. But I agree, yeah. it, it 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 is the safe place for the dog. I think. I mean, all all the three that I've had, they've all liked their crate as their safe place. Um, You were talking about, you know, as a puppy, keep in mind that a little puppy Great Dane might only be, you know, I don't know, a couple, two, three pounds, probably less when they're born. They're tiny. Um, I know when I rescued the one I have now, he was four months old. He was 48 pounds, which can be the size of some full-grown dogs. And uh, the people that I actually rescued him from, uh, the daughter had um, a medical issue and they just couldn't take care. This dog was running wild through the house, you know, because he had a lot of pent-up energy, which leads Great Danes to do the zoomies. Talk about the zoomies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the zoomies are when they run as fast as they can, basically around and around and around and around and around, like whether it's in the house or in the yard. My dog does it around in big circles, like in the whole, <laughs> you know, part of the yard, the entire, you know, perimeter of the yard. She just runs in big circles until she wears herself out. <laughs> but, um, sometimes they do it in the house, which my dogs aren't really allowed to do that. I tell them no, <laughs> you know, stop that. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they run and run and run. But that it doesn't last long, though, because trace get tired fast. But, uh,
1: yeah, yeah the ca- it's fun to watch couch stuff. potatoes, right? <laughs> the, the short spurts of of energy, and then let's pass out on the couch for the next few hours, and then let's do it again, yeah. and maybe give us some biscuits yeah. in between. And you know, it's funny when I, I think back to to the Scooby Doo cartoon. I mean, maybe that's how I subconsciously ended up with Great Danes. But you see, Scooby Doo, that really is what a Great Dane is. Scooby can be very regal and proud, but Scooby it can also be very silly and goofy. And also, you know, we call them Velcro Danes because they have to be with their people. They're pretty much glued. If you do not want a dog that is not glued to you, don't get a Great Dane because <laughs> there are, there are you know, different breeds. And I also want to touch on what I call Dane destruction. And, and we laugh about Dane destruction now because if you, if you have a Great Dane, um, you know what I'm talking about. When we see all those pictures on Facebook, my dog ate the sofa. My dog ate my shoes and my boots. My dog ate this and that. If you, you know, if your dog is not well trained and is left alone for long periods of time, that dog is going to eat your furniture. That's what's going to happen, right?
2: Oh yes, yes. Um, uh, Thankfully, the dean that I have now has not. She doesn't have destructive tendencies and never has. But the first great dean that I had um, did, and um, if I left her alone, she ate big holes in my walls. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yes. She yeah. ate holes in the walls, and she chewed up the windowsills, like when I would go to the grocery store. You know, I, I would think, oh, she's old enough to be left alone now, and, and I'd come back, and she was chewing the windowsill because she was looking out the window looking for me.
1: Nervous, anxiety.
2: Yeah, she wanted to know where I went, so she chewed up the windowsill by the front, Uh, you know, the front where she would watch me drive out the driveway.
1: Yeah, my, my very first one, he used to chew the doorknobs. If I left him alone, oh, yeah. even for a short amount of time, trying to do uh, do that. My second one, Chanel, she actually, um, when I first rescued her, mm-hmm. she was three and a half. And she managed to unlock a deadlo- a deadbolt door and let herself out of the house. It was double locked. And wow. I found her sitting in the front yard. And I mean, I'm a, I secure everything. She was not created. She was created shortly after that. She apparently was an escape artist and was able to open doors. Even at the vet, she pressed down on the on the lever, you know, on the or the lever, the lever door, and was able to open it. So some of them just seem to be really smart. And one other thing I noticed: if your dog, your Great Dane, sees another Great Dane do something, what do they do? (laughs)
2: <laughs> they totally
1: copy. They totally copy it, and and again, when I uh, years ago, I brought my Great Dane to a, another volunteer's house, and this volunteer let her dog go to the ice and water part of the refrigerator, <laughs> and, and the dog would drink the water from the outside of the refrigerator. And so, within five minutes, that's exactly what my dog was doing—the same thing. They copycat each other. They're like little kids. Imagine it would be having a Great Dane is kind of like. Um, a 20-year-old human size, but, you know, like in a 5-year-old body when they're puppies, and that's how they think. Well, Angel, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to be back in just a moment.
2: Okay. Consumers, Do you have bad credit? Can't purchase a house or car? Paying too much in interest on your credit cards and loans? Scammed by credit repair companies? There is hope. You can get back on track and do it the right way. Call Credit Education Consultants today at 813-500-6064. That's 813-500-6064. Or go to crediteducationconsultants.com now
0: and get the help you need. Don't delay. Call today. Mortgage reps and realtor inquiries are also welcomed. Central Payment, your number one credit card merchant service provider in the industry. Providing e commerce solutions, POS systems, standalone terminals, mobile apps, and much more, call Central Payments James Carner at 813 777 4332. Looking for the lowest rates in the industry and number one customer service? Call Central Payments James Carner at 813 777 4332. That's James Carner 813 777 4332. 4, 3, 3, 2. Hi, this is Dave Mason, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Craven Duck Tea and a founding member of Rock, our vets. Please help us support our military veterans and also the families of fallen law enforcement and firefighters across the country. You know, there is an average rate of 22 veterans per day that take their own lives due to the results of PTSD and over 1,000 calls to the suicide hotline today from our veterans. Help us to help with making their transition from military to civilian life less of a struggle. We currently have a never-ending gift card drive that allows us to get food, clothing, and basic needs to these men and women that are out on the streets, homeless. We also provide laptop computers to veterans across the country that are returning to school for their educational pursuits or need them to start and manage a business. If your company has laptops that are no longer being used, Donate them to Rock Our Vets. We also have some rock and roll memorabilia from myself and many other artists that have stepped up to support these efforts. And it's all available on the website at www.rockourvets.org. Links for everything can be found on the website. And remember, we are an all-volunteer 501c3 foundation. The money donated goes directly to our veterans, and you can actually see the results if you follow us on Facebook. Thank you for your time.
1: Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We got some work to do now. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you?
2: We need some help from you now. Come on, Scooby Doo, I see you. Pretending you got a sliver.
1: But you're not fooling me, cause I can't... And welcome back to the world of Lori Zook. I've got Angel Booth. She is the social media coordinator and public relations volunteer for the Mid-Atlantic Great Dane Rescue. We had to lead in with Scooby-Doo, because if you know how silly Scooby-Doo is, that's that's what we live with every day. Some of us have more than one. And so I want to talk a little bit, Angel, about how people should look to adopt or purchase a dog? You know, how do they become educated as to a specific breed?
2: Um. Well, these days, most of the time, you can find out a lot of information online. Um, so I would do a lot of research online first. And, um, you know, you just look up Great Danes in general, like on the Internet, and you can find... You know, a boatload of things that you, you know about all about them. Um, social media, um, other Great Dane owners. Um, there's a site, it's uh, Great Dane's Online. That's a good um, place to find out a lot of information about Great Dane. Um, and it's something that you really need to think about because it's these are giant dogs so um, a lot of people don't realize how big they actually get and you know the commitment that is involved when having a dog like this yeah,
1: so, yeah you're, you're yeah, right that's one of the reasons yeah I think you know when, when do you do you ever walk your dogs outside your house?
2: Yes, yes, I take my dog for a walk around the neighborhood.
1: Right, and so I'm sure all your neighbors know who you are because you're the lady with the giant dog, right?
2: <clears throat> yeah, they do, and it's funny because they say that uh, she's the biggest dog they've ever seen, even though she's a small, great game.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and how do you get a saddle on that thing? And you get, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get all those, those funny sayings because people go, wow, that's a horse. I actually, at one point, one of my dogs, uh, a child called one of my dogs a skinny cow. You know, because he was black, <laughs> black and white. So I don't think that, you know, in in researching whatever the breed is, even if it's not Great Dane's, every breed kind of has their own characteristics, you know, that are individual to them. So if you want a dog that's going to go play fetch, you might want to get a Golden Retriever. You're not going to want to go get a Great Dane because they don't like to fetch. They want to run after the ball and play with it. To, you know, no,
2: they don't they don't fetch. They just don't, yeah, I, I've experienced that definitely. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, you, you definitely um, need to, to research the mm-hmm. dog. I mean, the, your vet might be able to help you out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it depends on where you live, though, because some, some vets have not had a lot of experience with breeding, but they might be able to give you some insight on, you know, health and uh, behavior and things like that. But really the most that i found is other owners. Are the greatest resource of information, and there's a lot of um, groups on Facebook that you know they offer a wealth of information about great things. And I'm a, I'm a member of so many I, I don't, I can't even count how many. But um,
1: yeah, you belong you know, to I find you belong to more than it, on you're on more groups than I am. We're on a lot of the same groups, and even our group. Sometimes people will ask a question, and they'll get lots of you know lots of answers. Um, regarding that breed, like I said, we laugh over Dane destruction at this point but hey if you if you 're a woman and, and you 're married to a guy and you come home and the great dane 's eating the sofa, he might not be so happy at, at all and we 've seen some sad cases of situations where people got got divorced I, you know, and I have to laugh because a lot of times on these Facebook pages we 'll see you know like a um, Either the guy or the girl. We'll just say a guy is dating a girl, and the girl doesn't like his Great Dane. And you'll see a hundred comments: get rid of, get rid of the person. <laughs> you know, keep the dog. Get rid of the person. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of thing. So it's not having a Great Dane is not like having a Chihuahua. It's not a dog you can carry around with you. You know, and I, and I agree with you. I think a vet is good. Um, Again, very many years ago, my first Great Dane in New Jersey, I had an emergency situation. I had just moved into a house, so I didn't yet have a vet, and I called the local vet, and do you know that they refused to see me when I told them I had a Great Dane? Uh, Apparently, the veterinarian had been bitten by a big dog and would not see me, and so here I am on the phone panicking, so if you're moving, make sure you have everything lined up. That was my big lesson. Now, what are some of the ways that, you know, listeners can check out dog rescues to make sure that they're reputable?
2: Well, you um, we want to make, make sure they're a 501c3 nonprofit organization, um, for starters. And um, you can also, you know, always go to their website. Um, most reputable rescues have a website. And you can kind of, you know, get a feel for, you know, the how reputable they are by their website and also most of them have social media um too so you can check out see if they have a facebook page um instagram or twitter and you look at the comments and and see read what other people are saying about them and that that will help
1: good points Um, what should the commitment of a pet owner and its family be
2: Well, if you're going to adopt a dog or or purchase a dog, um, you should be committed to take care of that dog for the rest of his life, Um, no matter what happens. So um, a dog is, you know, in my opinion, they're no different than a child. And Mm -hmm. some people, you know, treat them differently, but in my opinion, they're just like your child. So you wouldn't get rid of your child because they were, They chewed up your couch or, you know, were barking or (laughs) whining or crying too much or whatever. So, you know, you need to take care of that dog for the rest of its life no matter what.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Um, You know, there there are people that think pets are disposable. And, you know, I think we talked a little earlier. a, A pet is not an impulse purchase, should not be an impulse purchase. It doesn't matter what kind of pet it is. If you're doing it as an impulse because your child suddenly won't decides, Hey, I want that that you know, that puppy and you don't even know what kind of dog it is and it grows huge and now you can't afford to feed it and take care of it and it's you know, can't be in the crate all day and someone's gotta be home. Um, it's been proven. I mean, animals animals have feelings. Animals can be happy, animals can be sad. So imagine if you have a human child that's gone through the foster care system and has changed families multiple times. It's generally that person has a lot of um, anxiety and emotional issues and a lot of times rage issues growing up because they weren't loved, especially at a young age. And so when you have a Great Dane puppy – and keep in mind, a Great Dane puppy at a year old can be over 100 pounds – and now you decide, hey, I don't want it, I can't handle it, I'm, I'm moving, I'm not going to bother You know, uh, doing anything, can't afford it, this and that. You're just making a bunch of excuses because you didn't choose to do the right thing in, in making a lifetime commitment. That's how I look at it. Um, I don't have human kids, you do. But it is still the, the soul. It's, it, there's a soul inside that and that animal is counting on you, that pet's counting on you to be its family. You know, with the rare exception of death or, you know, someone who's maybe older and and uh, very ill and can't take care of a pet, it is a commitment. Because, you know what, millions of pets are euthanized every year, you know, in uh, across the United States, across the world. And that's why we have this huge pet overpopulation. Um, down here in Florida, uh, you know, as with most shelters, most county shelters, they're always begging on the Facebook pages and the social media for you know, for people to adopt, and they reduce the costs because that's how overpopulated it is. And I do know some states now are requiring uh, that pet stores can no longer sell, like, the puppy mill, you know, pets, the puppy mill dogs. They can can only sell the the animals that already need homes. So I sit here and go, why do you want to go out, um, you know, unless you're going to be, you know, showing a dog, why do you want to go out and breed dogs? And there are so many people that breed dogs. Again, going back to Craigslist, you can find thousands and thousands of them, of people dumping pets or breeding pets when there are already so many millions that need homes already. That's my little rant, Angel.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I totally get you. I know.
1: So it's tough. Yep. So what I want to do, I want you to go through the process um, with Mid-Atlantic Great Dane Rescue. Somebody calls and they want to adopt a Great Dane. What is the actual process from, you know, beginning to end?
2: Okay. uh, Well, once they contact us, um, we uh, contact them back within 72 hours. And um, the first thing that we do is a phone screen. Uh, We have uh, volunteers that are phone screeners. And the phone screeners, um, you call them or email them and schedule a phone interview and that um, takes somewhere, it's, it's about 30 minutes long, and we have a whole list of questions we ask. Um, and then we gather all their information, and then we determine whether we want to, um, you know, if we think that they should receive an application or not. And most of them do, I'd say most of the time. There's only a few instances where I haven't um, sent them an application. Okay. So um, they, we send them the application, and then they fill it out and send it back to us. And then um, once it gets to us, we review the application and check their vet references. And then um, if all that checks out, then we do a home check, which, um, you know, a special volunteer comes to their house. And we look at their house for safety, you know, just to see if um, it's conducive to a great day within living there, um, like as far as fencing. If, you know, if they have a fencing yard, if the latches um, are secure, if their stairs are covered uh, with slip-resistant tread so they don't slip down the stairs and fall, and things like that. Um, and then, um, you know, once the home visit is done, then, you know, they send that information to the coordinator, and then that gets reviewed. And then once that's done, um, they the coordinator contacts the uh, interested person back and lets them know whether they're, they're approved or not okay and once they're approved um then they're set up with a matchmaker and the matchmaker is a, a person that helps them find the great dame that best suits their lifestyle and household so um
1: how long does it take know, that, that's the whole... does it does it take a while sometimes to find you know the right dog for the right for the for the family
2: Uh, Yes, it can take a while. Um, The actual application process takes about a month or more. It's different in every situation. Um, Usually the coordination of the home visit with the family is what takes the longest because all the family members have to be there for the home visit. Um, So sometimes, you know, the schedules kind of interfere with the timing and it can take a couple weeks to get that coordinated. Um, but, um, you know, once the home check is done and then the matchmaker um, is looking for a dog for the family, you know, it, it's been known to take months before because sometimes, you know, the the dog that they think they're interested in just doesn't fit in some way. So, yes, it can take a while. So it's important for people to know just to be patient and that, you, you know, you'll find the right dog that fits you. You just got to, you know, wait and be patient.
1: Right. And, and um, I know, yeah, I know it's not just our, <coughs> the rescue we volunteer with, but a lot of rescues now operate this. It's like adopting a child, basically, right? I mean, you're, you're going through this process. Um, unlike where if you go to a shelter, you know, and there's nothing bad about shelters. Again, they tend to be overloaded, but they may not be as picky. You're going there and kind of selecting the dog, you know, probably talking to a volunteer. It's, it's much simpler and the dogs are probably less expensive. But when you've got this super large breed, it's, it's, it's a different thing. And, I think one of the reasons that, or the main reason that people are put through this process is to make sure that it's a final match, that the dog is not going to, you know, everybody's going to be happy, and that the dog is not going to come back into rescue and be be traumatized, right?
2: Oh, yes, yes, because we call that uh, being bounced. Right. (laughs) The dog comes back to us. um, We call that bounce, and um, we don't like that at all because, I mean, sometimes it's really not – you know, the the person that adopted the dog it's not their fault. Sometimes things just happen. But um yeah, it's uh we, we really, really do strive to make the perfect match and that's why our adoption process takes the time that it does. And a lot of people don't understand that. People can be very impatient and they don't want to wait that long. They think once they contact us they're gonna be able to get the dog that they see on the website, like in a few days or next week. Right. And you know, some of them drop off because they don't
1: want to wait. Right, and everybody's a volunteer, so most people, you know, are doing something else full-time. So, you know, a lot of people work full-time, and you, you got to depend on a volunteer because we're set up, you know, like I said, like a, a corporation, a nonprofit corporation. Everybody's kind of got their their part of it, their niche part of it that they do. What are some of the reasons that a person might be denied to adopt?
2: Um, well, we do not adopt to anyone that has an unspayed or unneutered uh, animal in their household. Because um, we feel that that is, well, there's many reasons, but that is the responsibility of, you know, the owner. We feel that a responsible owner always spays and neuters their pets. So if any of their pets are not spayed or neutered, we do not adopt to them. And okay. if they are planning on getting the dog or cat spayed or neutered you know they can go ahead and do that and you know and they can contact us back once they've done that with proof that it's been done and okay. then we can start the process then
1: now let me ask you are, um, are, i want to ask you about how dogs are rated are, are dogs somehow rated on the site that it shows you know if they're good with kids they're good with other animals that kind of thing
2: Yes, yes, on the website it tells you um, information about, um, yes, they're with task kids, um, and what age, kids, because some of the dogs can only be, you know, they're recommended to only be with kids over a certain age because of their energy level or training issues, things like that. Um, yeah, I think too with... are usually gentle. They're gentle with children, but some of them don't have... Like they're not aware of what's going on, and they can accidentally knock over a small child. So you might be like an eight years and up kind of dog,
1: right? Because I know, like with young kids, you know, you got to teach parents, you got to teach your kids. Don't don't you can't sit on a great dane and ride it like a pony. You know, we see pictures mm-hmm. like that, but we don't laugh over that because it's not funny. It hurts the dog, and and it's it, it's also going to anger the dog. I would think. But young kids, if they're pulling on a dog's ears or pulling on a dog's tail, doesn't matter what dog it is, that dog is probably going to defend itself from a young child. So that does make a lot, of, you know, a lot of sense. How does How does Mid Atlantic Great Dane Rescue League help people? You know, how do they help people? How do they help dogs?
2: Uh, well, for with people, uh, we help them, you know, find the right breed for their lifestyle and to fit their individual circumstances, like the dynamics of their home. And, you know, we want to find loving homes for our Danes that um, relinquished them, them can no longer keep. And we also want to, um, about the care and training of Great Danes, because that's one of the main problems that we have, why people surrender them is because they don't understand about the, the amount of care and training that it takes for a dane. It's very important. You know, the training part is one of the main things that I, I think important things. Um, so we, we really try to stress that point of training. And then we also help uh, people resolve problems, uh, both, both physical and behavioral. Um, mm-hmm. And we also help people overcome grief from the loss of a previous pet, just like myself, um... Great Dane, the first thing I did was go online looking, you know, for Great Dane. Right. um, Affiliated things, and that's when I found the rescue. And um, I it in contact uh, a few months later when I was ready. But um, a lot of people do come to us because they've lost a dog and they, you know, want to get relief from that pain. Right. And um, for the dogs... um, you know, we provide rescue and care for them. Um, they come from unwanted families and or in neglection or, you know, being abused. Yeah. And, you know, we rescue them and help them, like, get back on their feet and find a family that wants them and, you know, will take care of them and whether, whether stay for the rest of their life. Um, and a lot of them are not fayed or neutered, you know, so we do that as well and we get them all the medical treatment that they need and get them back to good health. And we try, like when they're in a foster home, we try to, um, you know, get them training and socialization so that they can adapt to their new homes well.
1: Now, fostering, you had mentioned, you know, I know that we have a lot of foster failures. A lot of people come in and, and, you know, and they go through, they get qualified to become foster homes, and they foster fail because they do call, fall, on, fall in love with the dogs. Um, obviously, any rescue always needs fosters, so that's something definitely that, that we're looking for. How do we pay for all this? Well, fundraising and donations. How does Mid-Atlantic Great Dane Rescue League raise funds?
2: Uh, well, we have many ways. Um, on our website, um, There's there's a lot of options that you can look at to... Uh, for fundraising but what, you know, a few of the ways are we do what we call meet and greet where um, we choose like a location like a business such as Sam's Club and we set up a table and we bring our personal Great Dane and um, we have our pamphlets that have information about the rescue and we talk to people and they come up and visit our dogs and they get to meet Great Danes in person and they can ask us any questions that they want and my Great thing wears a donation vest and um They put the money in her donation vest, or we also have a donation jar. People you know put the money in there as well. Um, so that's a good way. I mean, we some of our um, some of our meeting rates make hundreds of dollars just in one day, so you know, but keep in mind that that's only enough probably to take care of one dog. Right. one surgery <laughs> yeah
1: not even so, sometimes yeah not even sometimes you know
2: yeah it's not it sounds like a lot but if you're talking about getting a dog spayed or neutered that's that's the only thing it would cover so um you know we, we definitely need that money but you know there's other things that we do we have um let's see like um long converter basket fundraisers where you can um go online and you know if you you can order the longenberger baskets, and a, a portion of the proceeds goes to our rescue. Um, Amazon Smile, you can do the same thing. Um, you can choose Mid-Atlantic Racing Rescue League as your uh, charitable organization, and then a portion of that goes to our rescue. Um, sometimes we have things like where we, uh, you know, we have like a bingo at um, like the Elks Club or the, um, the Moose or, you know, some right. kind of place like that.
1: A lot of and, events. Um, yeah, a lot of events.
2: Yeah, it's just a lot of events. events can can raise a lot of money. So there's a lot of different ways that we can you know raise funds. Um, and there's like popcorn fundraisers. I think it was the num num popcorn <laughs> fundraisers where you you can order popcorn and yeah. There's there's a lot of different things you can do. But um, if you go on the website, you can find out about a lot of those ways to help.
1: Now, can you give out the, the website address?
2: Yes, it's uh, M A G D R uh, L magdr org.
1: Right, and we have the Mid-Atlantic Great Dane Rescue League Facebook page, so that's growing exponentially. Thank you to you. Um, volunteering, it's something we all do because we love it, and none of us get paid for it. All the money goes to help the dogs, especially with, I think, the the, the medical issues. Um, give me a quick list. We got about a minute to close quickly. What can people who want to volunteer do with rescue, whether it's ours or not?
2: Um, well, there is, if you go on the website, um, there's a list of things you can do to help, but, um, you know, we always need fosters. Fosters are one of the things we need the most. Um, you can help with, uh, the meet and greets, like I was saying, where you set up a table, um, at a local business and, um, you know, hand out information about our rescue, um, you can do phone screens. you can be a phone screener where you call people and um, you have a list of questions to ask them and you know. then you just, there's a form that you fill out and then you just email that to our coordinator and she reviews that to see whether that person is acceptable for application. Um, you can also do evaluation where you go to a home to evaluate a dog that's being surrendered and there's a whole list, you know, provided for you too that, you um, you have to fill out, and you, you condition and behavior and um, take down all the information that the owner tells you about that dog. And what else? Um, there's a... Oh, there's um, you can... See. Yep. there's, a, there's Did a, I say false? Go ahead. I I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Yep, they could foster. There's there's awesome. a lot. Yep, yeah, but that, I think that list of 50 things comes in handy for for any rescue. Uh, you know, Mid Atlantic is in the Mid Atlantic states. Obviously, there are rescues all over. So if you want to do something good for the community, good for yourself. Uh, volunteer for a pet rescue or for an animal rescue. Angel, it's been great having you. I want to thank you very much. Angel Booth is the social media coordinator and a PR team lead for the Mid-Atlantic Great Dane Rescue League. Thanks for joining me today, Angel. Oh,
2: Thank you so much, Lori. It was a joy to be here.
1: Thank you. And join us next week on The World of Lori Zook. You're not
2: fooling me Because I
1: can see The way shake and shiver Did you hear me? Yeah, it was good. That was good. You got the whole point across. I can talk a lot, but I think it went well. And it drove the point across. So I will let you know, Angel.